Hello and welcome to another installment of the OmniTalk Ask an Expert series, the series where we go deep with experts on the trends shaping the future of retail. I'm your host, Chris Walton, and joining me today is a gentleman from a company that is a frequent guest here on OmniTalk, and that is Sam's Club. So please join me in welcoming Vinod Vidarkupa, the Chief Technology Officer for Sam's Club. Vinod, welcome to the show. Hey, Chris, good afternoon, and thank you for having me on the show today. Yeah, it's great. I mean, you are following in a long line of former Sam's Club executives. I think we had Kath McClay, the CEO, on here last year. Uh, and we first talked to Sam's Club, I think, right after the pandemic. We were talking about everything you guys were doing in terms of concierge pickup for services. I think rolling that you know capability out in, like I think it was like six days, uh, and then regrouping with you guys later on in the pandemic as things were playing out. And you know, I've been on record as saying, you know, Sam's Club is one of, if if not the most innovative retailers in America. So it's always an, just an absolute pleasure of mine uh, to have you guys back on the show whenever we can. So, so Vinod, why don't we start out? Let's let's just start out a little bit. Like, you know, what's your, what's your background? What types of what types of things have you done in your career? Uh, and what specifically uh, are you in charge of within within your role as the chief technology officer at Sam's Club? Yeah, sure. I'm a mechanical engineer by training. Um, okay. You know, so I started off as a, a manufacturing engineer in, in an automotive company. Um, really loving the 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 automation that's used for manufacturing um, automobiles, and then that's where the computer bug um, hit me, and I said, "Hey, man, this is quite exciting." And then I went on to do my uh, grad studies in computer science. You did. And it, and then since then, it's been um, really building great products and services for um, a bunch of, I would say, a consumer industry. Basically, I started with the American Airlines and then subsequently, um, you know, with HP for a long period of time, uh, really in the travel transportation logistics industry mm. um, and, and, and living and working in three different continents and, you know, have just lived in, in Asia and lived in, in Europe and um, so my career took um, me through HP and Tesco. I had a role as a CIO for worldwide engineering and technology operations at Tesco, and 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 subsequently um, a very interesting shift in with United Health Group in trying to uh, drive a retailization of healthcare for a few years, and that's when Walmart reached out and and they talked about this opportunity to really you know, join a startup. And I said, oh, that, that was a little bit huh. intriguing to me. It's startup was Walmart. And they said, hey, we got a $65 billion startup called Sam's Club. Uh, would you love to be part of it? I said, I'd never heard $65 billion and, and startup in the same sentence. And right. from there, I got so exci- excited. And here I am and, and part of um, the Sam's Club leadership team, um, really enjoying what we do here and and building great products and services and experiences for our members and um, really a fantastic story. And now, how long have you been there? So when did when did you when did you join up with Sam's Club? It's just about um, a year and a half now. A year and a half ago. Okay. So so if I heard you right, so mechanical engineer by training. Then I thought it was funny how you said I got a computer bug, which is just there, there's only almost so many jokes and so much material off that, but I won't, I won't go in that direction. But so then you got a bug for computer science, went back to grad school, got into the travel travel side of the business. What I'm curious, so I love I love the human side of all that we do. Like, what made you interested in in retail back then, the first go around? And no, then it sounds like you came back to it. So I want to know how you got pulled back in. But what what interested you the first time? 
Yeah, I get I get uh, asked this question all the time. Do you? So, so Chris, if you remember, in the early two thousands, um, you know, the airline industry was going through. Um, I would I would call it quite a bit of a transformation from a, a travel agency model oh, yeah. to you know travelocity.com, Expedia.com, you know, disintermediation of the travel agency model and um, the kiosk in the airport. So we were at the forefront of really that digital transformation in the airline. And I, I just enjoyed, you know, doing that, you know, for, for different as part of my consulting gig for different airlines in, in, in different parts of the world. And then when the Tesco opportunity came along, they said, hey, look, we've got a similar challenge here in that we've got a very large brick and mortar center uh, centric setup with 7000 plus stores and we want to go digital. Mm-hmm. And, and with that, you know, the, the background of digital transformation in the airline, and you know, now being on the other side of the table, working with the CEO and the, the rest of the leadership team at Tesco has really excited me. And, 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 and in, in Europe, um, some of these retailers are further ahead than um, what I saw at that time um, was a great opportunity for me to get in and, and start looking at what those, as the Brits call it, multi-channel. Sure. <laughs> and, 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 and really, that's, that, was the, that, that, that was the moment where I came in from one consumer industry, which is the airline travel into the retail and then and pretty much have been there since then. Got it. Okay. That's funny. So that's cool that you said that too, because I've actually, if I, if I picked up on that, right, it sounded like you actually had some experience with say the self-checking kiosks and everything that was going on in terms of that evolution. And we all, we actually frequently reference that a lot when you start talking about how retail is going to play out in the future and some of the early experimentation that was done there and how you learn about what, what users want and how long it takes for them to gravitate towards one method versus another uh, and then with Tesco always having been on the forefront of everything, that's yeah, that's that's a there cool are, experience. There are many parallels between the airline and the retail industry, Chris. I mean, if you look yeah. look at the airline, it's you got the same plan, buy, move, sell aspects, right? I mean, you, you got the perishable totally. inventory in the retail side. You know what? I, the equivalent of that is bucks in the seat inventory for the airline, right? You got the advantage card and the, the loyalty card. We got loyalty. We got huge logistics of moving things around. So there are many parallels, and that's why I love the retail industry, and, and I love working at Sam's Club. Well, that, that's a good segue too, because like when yeah, when you get on a plane, when you think about it, that's a scan and go application, yeah. and that's an application Sam's Club's had, if my memory serves, since like 2016. Yeah. So yeah, it, there's a ton of analogs within the discussion. That feel yeah, definitely as we go along here, I'd love to hear wherever you see that or wherever your experience, you know, brought different things to light too. I think that could be really interesting for the audience listening. Well, okay, let's shift gears. You. You guys have been doing a hell of a lot over this past year. One of the things I've always admired about you is that you as a company, Sam's Club itself, really does a great job of thinking about Sam's Club as a product, the whole experience as a product by the traditional Silicon Valley definition of it. What types of things have you brought into that total product experience or umbrella over this past year since the pandemic began? Yeah, sure. I think... Chris, for us, um, really innovation is in our DNA. Um, a lot of the, the conversations that happen you know, at the leadership meeting is about really how do we bring those great experiences to our members? Um, so when you work back from a design thinking concept, which really highlights the empathy for our member, it drives a lot of conversation around, okay, what kind of products do we need um, and services do we need for members, for associates? So so I think COVID accelerated a lot of that thinking as well, because I think as our members started um, engaging with our 
um, club, if you will, as a product differently, what kind of products and services should we be thinking of um, in, in, in presenting to our members? So since then, I think you're already aware of the, the, the great story around Scan and Go, and um, you know we started building on top of that. And, and that's just one example: is the the Scan and Go Fuel. Uh, so we did Scan and Go Fuel. We did um, a club pickup. Um, mm-hmm. But but when I look at the things that our members touch and feel, but there are also equally any number of things that happen behind the scenes that we have to. Um, you know, look at in, in a very different way to actually make the experience better. And this could be in the supply chain space. This could be in the merchandising space. This could be in, in, in club. So a lot of time is, is, is that I spend with my leadership team is around, okay, how do we create this one view of the customer or the member? How do we create the one view of the inventory? How do we create the one view of, you know, the item, the identity? So a lot of um, thought process in, 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 in really rejigging that, those aspects of um, you know how tech can better enable our business. So in supply chain, for example, you know we rolled out the industry-leading um, warehouse management system. Um, you know for for in, in different kinds of um, uh, in the DCs. We also did. You talk about uh, the innovation um, lab for supply chain that we launched in um, in Paris in California. Um, oh. We did we did the um, the, the in-club, we launched what we call as the um, health service kiosk, which is really a contactless way of measuring your temperature and clock all in one. So we built this product. It's a hardware plus software, all built. And, and the, the great thing about that was one of our engineers actually built the very first part using a 3D printer at home. So that's innovation in SAMS, right? So we took right. that from a, somebody building something with a 3D printer at home to launching it. Uh, across the chain in, in in less than three months. So those are some of the examples that that I can um, that really come to my mind when I when we talk about innovation at Sams. Yeah, and I want to get into some of those specifically, some of them very specifically. But I, you said something too that I want to come back to that I've never quite picked up on before. I've never thought about it. Um, how much do you think the fact that you guys are a membership based business? How much do you think that impacts? the experience design approach like so by that i mean is it is it almost easier to get in a, in a, the in a true product retail experience design approach by because the membership is there do you think that aids you in any way or do you think it's just ultimately comes down to philosophy no i, I think it, it helps us i mean yes. because our, our business model itself is based on the, the growth of membership right, right. So, so everything else really we, we balance off value for price that equation, right? The value for price equation, and the more members we have, the more pro, you know, the, the 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 more profitable our business is. It's, it's really the, the equation is very simple. That's the warehouse model. Mm-hmm. So, I think when you start looking at that business model and thinking how can we maximize and and, and make our the experiences uh, the best experience for our members, everything works back from there. So everybody, all 100,000 of the associates in Sam's Club have got this front and center that how do we make our experience better for mem- for members? How do we bring those special experiences for members? And then everything flows down from there. So that's very central hmm. to us. That's really fascinating to me, especially when you think about like Walmart Plus and then just memberships in general in terms of that actually being a, a cultural tool, tool around how transformation needs to happen too, which... I actually, quite frankly, have never heard anyone talk about that. And you've just brought that to light. Fascinating. Wow. Cool. Um, all right. Well, okay. Let's, let's talk about then a key feature then within membership. 
curbside pickup, warehouse clubs. I've had people argue with me. I've had people write articles directly stating that my opinion on this is wrong. So I'm curious what your take is on it because I think it's, I think curbside is just in general somewhere the, the warehouse club industry needs to move. You guys have been experimenting with it pretty whole hog for the last year. You know, what's your take on this? Is this something that's endemic to the go forward, you know, warehouse club experience as Sam's Club sees it? Um, <clears throat> Chris, convenience is the strategic pillar for, for Sam's Club. Okay. And, and when, when you actually double click on convenience, it's really how helping our members um, it, it help them shop however they want, wherever, the, wherever they want and whenever they want. Um, so, which means that we really need to be thinking of what channels are our members going to engage with us. Um, it could be our direct-to-home channel. It could be our, you know, club pickup channel. Um, so, what we have seen, and we, you know, through the COVID and even beyond COVID, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking COVID is getting, uh, you know, hopefully we are slowly right. and slowly getting out of it. Um, we are only seeing increased, you know, interaction. Um, we just put our uh, quarter one numbers out. Now, our e-commerce growth is 47% year on year. Right. Um, that's including, including the, the, the club pickup. The pickup. Our NP, club pickup NPS is 80, right? <laughs> so we, we are maniacally, we use data to guide us. And data is telling us every day that our members love club pickup. They love to shop in this channel, right? So just being focused around our members and using the data, uh, it tells us that we will, will this, the, the club pickup will continue to be there as a channel. It'll thrive. And we're making it better every day, um, you, know, uh, you know, alongside with the, the other channels. So um, we're adding more categories that are available in club pickup. And so I, I think that this journey will continue for us. That it's really, I think it's really interesting to hear you say that, especially given the landscape and just the competitive positioning in general. Tell us from your role. I think a lot of people talk about curbside pickup. It's kind of the sexy word, one of the sexy words coming out of the pandemic right after contactless. It probably is the next most sexy word, quite frankly. What does that mean for your role, though? So, like, how do you make curbside pickup better? How does the CTO get involved in making that better? What do you do? Yeah. Um, for Sam's Club, technology is the long pole in the tent. We, we are we are there everywhere, right? and Club Pickup is, is is no exception. So, you look at Club Pickup, and the KPIs that we look at is really the full fast. You know, the ready full fast. I mean, how soon can we get hmm. ready full fast? Absolutely, the basket, and how fast can we uh, get it out and dispense to to our members? And if you look at that, the activity or the experience for our associates, um, there is technology along the way, every step of the way. It's, are we providing the right alerts and notification when the orders drop? How are we making sure that the nil picks are, there are very few nil picks, right? Mm -hmm. What do we need to do upstream in order to minimize the nil picks? How do we help with the location accuracy so that the associates can go to the right place in, in the, with the minimum amount of time? We use an optimization algorithm for them to you know minimize the um the the the, the shopping time or the travel time within the club mm -hmm. um more importantly i think we've started to bring in a lot of ai um oh, into question. the aspect of club pickup which will also help the members in how do you maximize the the slot utilization um how do we given the labor availability in the club versus 
you know, when do our when our members want to shop and how do we maximize um, the the most number of slots for members? So this tech that's you know in every aspect of that, um, a, you know, AI for club pickup was one example, but but we are pulling the AI thread, a machine learning thread, in many different um, opportunities that exist within the business. Um, all the way from the in the in the, in the back office, I would say I call it the back office, but it's really supply chain and in in, right. in in merchandising and you know in, in just even simply forecasting our sales um, to a fresh sales tool where we uh, where the machine tells them okay how much to produce today in order to you know not minimize the throws and minimize the waste. So um, a, a, a big thing for us is really democratizing artificial intelligence and machine learning in every aspect of, of, of our business. So that, that's very invigorating for our team members and for our business. The, no, uh, AI, machine learning, those, those are two terms too that I think people throw around you know, pretty loosely. I mean, you, you've probably been to a trade show yourself and like every booth has that you know, in, in, their, in their marketing paraphernalia. What in that arena, if you can, because like I said, this is about going deep with experts so we can all learn. What is one of those areas you just mentioned that you're particularly excited about where you can relay how AI is specifically impacting uh, the performance of the business? So people can get a sense of you know, what AI is, how it works, and why it matters. Yeah, I, I think AI is, um, a li- uh, is, it could be challenging for people who are new to it. And it, sometimes it's just fear in the minds of the business. Hey, what is this going to do to me? But 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 we have made it easy uh, in many places for our business to understand and and the value of AI that brings to the business. I'll take a couple of examples. Um, we we have we have a business forecast. We we do a sales forecast, and and in the last I would say four quarters, we've been using machine learning to predict what our sales is on every quarter, and we are doing. You know, as as better or even better than what a human financial forecaster would do, and then now we are completely using this as our sales forecasting tool, which is probably more accurate than what a human would have done. So that's one great example. The other great example was the you know in 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 the the um, club pickup uh, slot utilization. We've increased the percentage of slot utilization based on the predictive. Uh, usability of uh, of the slots for our members. Um, fresh sales tool was another great example. We minimized, you know, the amount of throw and the waste that was happening in in our um, you know ready to go meals that we build um, in in Sam's Club every day. Um, we're using this in in, in fraud uh, fraud detection. We're using this in um, you know in, in, in scan and go. So, mm-hmm. so there are many places that is now, like I said, it's becoming a bit democratizing the usage of AI. So it doesn't feel like, okay, this is an ivory tower out there, a very esoteric that nobody knows what happens there, but we're making it real. Price investment is another example. So we used a lot of historical data and said, hey, if we used more predictive price investment um, that's aided and abetted by machine learning, can we drive better um, pricing, price investment uh, decisions for our business. So we are doing, we, we're seeing some great results in the price investment. Um, 
yeah, those those are some of the you know, top of my examples. That's awesome, man. Thanks, I'm just, thanks for sharing those examples too. I'm curious too, from your vantage point as the CTO, how how does the how does the idea of cloud commerce play into that? Like, from that's something I talk a lot about. We talk a lot. I just spent a whole conference at it actually. Like, how how do you think about cloud commerce and the interconnectivity that it brings across everything you just described, and how important is that to Sam's Club, and and where do you think that goes in the future? Yeah. No, for sure. So, so for, I look at the content, the context, and the commerce are more critical or critical aspects of any omni-channel business. Um, and and, and in in Sam's, I think we look at it as a cloud-first proposition. You do, yeah. So I would I would say, Chris, that seventy percent of all of the assets that we have for technology assets is on the cloud, right? So that's a great starting position for us to be in. So whether it's our e-commerce, whether it's our membership on the cloud, whether it's our warehouse management system, um, we've started from the cloud. And, and we had a bit of an advantage in, in creating some good greenfield um, assets on the cloud. But equally, we're also migrating a lot of legacy systems from, um, you know, from a mainframes onto cloud. So now where we are currently, it's giving us a, a fantastic um, model to really flex based on what we want to do and, and give us the variability that's needed. We do many events through the course of the year. Uh, you know, if it's a, uh, it's a May event, an August event, a November event, obviously, the holiday events. So we do not constrain or restrain our business based on what they want to do. And we have created the capacity and the capability to go as fast as and, and um, that, that we want to go to grow our business. And the cloud has been a great enabler for us from that sense. Yeah, and I think it's an important point. I mean, I always ask that. And, and, and every time I ask it, I think you guys provide a different layer to it because I just think it's so vitally important. Like hearing 70%, I think that's, that's I think, really, really interesting and, and really important it comes to grips with too because it is what enables you guys to go fast. I mean, it's why you can roll out concierge services. It's why you can roll out pickup as fast as you can, whereas others... You know they're still trying to get those types of things off the ground, or even if they're off the ground, they're muscling them in a way that's different than how you guys do it through the cloud. And if you um, let me add a little bit of technical color and flavor to it, yeah. Um, you know what? What we've tried to do, Chris, across all our systems is really create very modularized microservices and container-based applications, which allow us to then deploy those container-based apps onto the cloud. Which and then we can horizontally scale it um, without any you know physical constraint that you would run into if you're in a data center. So it's equally how you architect those systems and 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 how you use and utilize the cloud capacity and the compute and the serv- server capacity that's now available and a combination of really architecture and building those microservices based containerized apps and the cloud has really given us phenomenal. Um, you know, advantage in, in really going as fast as we, we, we could and, and really help our business. And in the end, really serve our customers and members. God, I love my job. Okay, man, because you said that, I have to ask you this question. So like, let's say, let's say somebody drops you and you get parachuted in and then you're the CTO of just like some random, doesn't even matter, make up whoever it is. Your idea is to make all you just said happen. When you start thinking about cloud commerce and the systems that make it happen, from your experience, like where do you start? Do you start with the order management system, move up? Do you start with the point of sale system? 
as high level as you can make that answer, please do. But like, I'm curious, what is the sequential process by which you would recommend somebody look at doing something like that? Yeah, I, I would, if, if I were, if I came in as a consultant, yeah, and 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 I looked at, and if they presented to me, hey, here's the here's the you know the problem checklist. Uh, I would say, okay, where what are the most customer facing um, systems that you have? What are the peak um, you know uh, events that you have in your in your in, in within your business? And then what are the key constraints that you have today? And how can we make your how can we, how can we make the experience better for your customers? Whether they're in in house customers, associates, or external customers as in your leisure you know sure. external customers and and then you start from there because otherwise i think you know with any long run company legacy companies you always have a, a combination of legacy mainframe client server yeah. over a period of years and then i would start with if that's the lens that i have most typically if you're an omni, if you want, if you want to be an om, successful omni channel retailer you all all fingers will point to I got an e-commerce system that was built on a very old archaic legacy model, or it's parts of that are in, are in, in, in legacy mainframe system. How can we quickly unlock that, re-engineer that, and put that on the on 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 the migrate and reimagine and re-engineer that on on the cloud? So that now you can then let your members and customers shop, um, you know, with with with. With, with the pace at which they want to shop um, any time of the day, any time of the year. Um, and you can start creating those business events and not really restricting you to saying, hey, and artificially artificially capping the growth of your business. Right. And how they want to shop too, with so yeah. many of those criteria being front of the funnel that need the real-time nature of the cloud to be able to bring that to life. So that's cool. That is super cool to hear you say that. I had no idea we were going to talk about that today. So uh, I'm glad you brought that up, man. That's fine. All right, let's shift gears. Okay, so uh, you guys have had a very long history of experimentation. You can tell just by what you just said, right? Like you've already got a pretty big, large size cloud deployment going on within how you guys operate. One of those things that I think is the hallmark of innovation, kind of the beacon on the hill, so to speak, that gets talked about a lot is CM's Club Now down in Texas. Uh, I get asked all the time, well, like Chris, you know, people try to get smart with me. If CM's Club Now is so great. Why aren't they, why aren't there more of them? And I always tell them they're missing the point. Are they missing the point or am I missing the point? Like what's your take on that? So Chris, I think, uh, one of the hallmarks of success for Sam's Club is really the, the culture of um, experimentation. Um, and, and, and that's really quite ingrained into, um, you know, all the way from Kat to the leadership team um, into, into every associate. So uh, we are not fearful of experimenting. Um, and, and, and we, we fail, fail safe, um, fail fast. Um, is, is something that we talk about um, openly. Um, and what Sam's Club now for us really is a sandbox. It's, it's an opportunity for us to try different things. Um, some we take to the scale, um, to the chain, we scale and take a chain. And some of them we can continue to tweak. Um, so we want to have that freedom. We, we don't want to pressure the PNL for that. That's, that's not a PNL club for us. So we want to give the freedom for for our associates to really try different things so that that's at the outset is what sam's club now is so at any given time we have something going on there which sometimes we don't even know it'll be successful right, right? but if you like any any venture 
if you are successful with one out of the 10, you know, you are rewarded Big massively, pass. right? So, so, so that's the sort of the, the approach we have. And then right now in, in, in Sam's Club um, now, um, which, is, which is our innovation hub in, in Dallas, um, we are trying different things. We, we're trying, and some of which I would say, just wait for it to come out. And that's, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll talk about it at a different time. Yeah. Many exciting things that are happening there right now. And um, some of which are, um, will, will really be uh, exciting for, to bring in front of our members. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I asked the question, too. I think it's very important. I think it's important for everyone listening. Like it's important that it's, it's a lab. It's not a prototype. And that's a very different mindset. And yeah. as a result, you get the, the, the long tail value, so to speak, of the experimentation you're running through the lab. As soon as it becomes a prototype, that all goes away. Now, what's cool, though, and the reason I want to have you guys back on the show is you are now taking this same approach, this same concept to the fulfillment side of the business, again, under the umbrella of Sam's Club as a product with what you guys are calling an innovation fulfillment center out in Paris, California. So like, what is that? Put it in context of what you, what you just said with Sam's Club now, you know, what's going on in this innovation fulfillment center? Yeah. So Chris, I, I, you know, I, t- I talked about how our business is growing, our warehouse channel is growing and, and Sam's Club is growing. Um, you know, and then obviously with that growth, we're seeing significant e-commerce growth. Um, you know, as, as just like we talked about Sam's um, Club now, we wanted to create this some sort of a safe space for us to really try um, a, a different um, things from a, a supply chain perspective, uh, from a fulfillment center perspective. So last October, um, you know, we created this, what I call as the supply chain lab, if you will. Um, for, for e-commerce in, in Paris, California, um, where we're trying to automate everything from, you know, from, 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 st- from start to finish. Um, you know, a good example there is we, we said, hey, if an associate in that fulfillment club typically is walking 15 miles a day, how can we take it from 15 miles to zero miles a day? Okay. <laughs> right? That's a tall order, right? There you go. Yeah. So if I have to take that from 15 miles to zero, um, there has to be a lot of automation behind it. So ra- right now, what we're trying to do there is like really, you know, implement a goods to person and implement a 3D visualization technology, um, continuous yeah. variable packaging, um, and an automated sorter. All of this. In, in, in one uh, it's in a setup so that we can really start testing our units per hour um, you know and the utilization and um, all of those things and we're seeing some great results with that and not only the great results from from a productivity perspective there there are many uh, I would, what I would call as, as side benefits so for example with the 3d visualization um, what it does Chris is that you know when you have like let's say, uh, two or three things that our member has ordered, and typically in the past, those three things and let's let's call them um, uh, you know a detergent and and two other things. And if they are this big in size, we would put them in a box which is probably three times bigger, and then fill that with a lot of other just vacuum and empty space and other packing material, right? Right. That's a lot of waste from a climate perspective, from a sustainability perspective. So we came up with an in-house technology, which is patent pending, of how can you really visualize those three items and put a package that's as close as possible to the size of those items and really reduce the 
the volume, the packing volume. And now everybody wins. Now we got you know smaller packages to be shipped, you know f- lesser cardboard that's getting used, lesser you know, shipping material, low weight. So there's a huge sustainability angle as well as much as you know driving productivity and shipping pro- you know items faster from the FC. So this is the sort of the out of the box thinking that we're trying to bring in the supply chain lab, if you will. Got it. Got it. That makes sense. Yeah. So if I put the analog of Sam's Club now, like that was a lot of that in the early stages was, you know, what, what all can you do uh, with scan and go uh, the principles there in terms of that type of experience. Now here, it sounds like it's a, it's a lot about automation. It sounds like you've also got 3d type of technology, visualization technology to help you pack um, uh, more efficiently, but also then for the sustainability benefits too. That's interesting. Like what, what are, is there anything else you're trying to look at here in the next, you know, few months with regards to uh, what you're doing out of that fulfillment center? Yeah, I think as, as we mature that and, and right now we're seeing some great results, I think we'll, we'll probably, um, you know, take that to more uh, like, a, like the Sam's Club now, we'll take it to scale. Start right? rolling it. Yeah. yeah different start parts rolling of it, yeah. Right. And to see how we can and, and really make more example or instances of that. So that's kind of where we are with that process right now. But that's cool because you're already seeing that and feeling that in terms mm-hmm. of like what you're, what's coming out of there, which again, that's the whole point of a lab is to start kicking off those types of lessons. So absolutely, yeah, very cool. Well, all right, I, let's close it up here. So now, now this is where I like to do the let's sit back and reflect part of the show of the nodes. So before we do our how millennial are you quiz, um, if I ask you point blank, what's the biggest lesson you've learned over the past year working through a pandemic? What do you think that would be for you? The big, the biggest lesson. I mean, look. I mean, we've we've all gone through this very tough period of twelve plus months. Um, it, it's really the resilience of our associates. It's the resilience of, you know, our, our um, you know, society in general. Um, yeah. I think nobody knew the scale or the duration of um, how long this was going to last, and and on top of that, all the society uh, societal unrest that happened. Um, so I think it's is the 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 resilience of the team, the resilience of uh, our associates and, and, and really coming to the table and then building those great products and experiences in spite of what is happening in their own personal lives um, and, and, and really extending that um, and keeping what we have learned and in becoming an agile organization um, and, and having that empathy and the compassion uh, for our members, for our associates uh, who worked in the clubs, who worked in the DCs and, and, and really having putting your arm around our associates and I'm saying we are in this together. Um, and then the concierge was a great example of how, you know, we brought that as a service to our, our, our members who are senior citizens and immune compromised and so on. So I feel very good of, you know, where we have ended up, you know, with some of those ex- experiences are here uh, with us to stay. And they have, that has made us only uh, stronger is what I would say um, from the last 12 plus months. Yeah, very cool. Yeah, the resiliency of the human spirit. I also like that you use the word agile, which I think is a really important word when you think back to the entire discussion we've just had, especially the discussion about the lab and the Innovation Fulfillment Center too. What, one more reflection. We've talked a lot of tech through the course of this interview. What's the one thing you wish, say, the average retail executive understood about omnichannel technology, omnichannel commerce, from your position as a CTO that maybe you think they don't quite understand well enough yet, what would that be? In general, Chris, I think a lot of, I mean, I would say in general, people think that digital omni is just creating an app or creating 
some you know interesting kiosk, uh, yeah. kiosk or um, a desktop version. The complexity of Omni is below the surface. I use the iceberg as an example. What do you see is just 10%. Mm-hmm. The complexity of long-run companies is really in, in those legacy supply chain systems and the legacy merchandising systems. You know, it's all about unlocking and creating that, hey, how do I get to one view of my customer? How do I get to one view of my member, you know, my item, my uh, inventory? And unlocking that is, is really a heavy lift. And when you do that and you create those Lego blocks and build those modular um, you know, widgets, if you will, and that's where technology comes into picture and having working um, with product and like what, how we do in, in that Sam's Club, working in the four-in-the-box model of the business, the product, the technology, and then UX, and, and really unshackling those old constructs and, and tech and undoing some of the tech debt is allowing us to really, you know, bring, bring the pace and the agility and, and build those um, firm foundations for us to build, um, to get to the next generation of what a great omni-channel retail, in our case, warehouse retailer will look like. So good, man. Oh my God, I love that you just said. Yeah, I mean, it's 100%, it's, when you do Omni well, you don't even see it. I love the example of the iceberg. I've never heard that before. Like, yeah, it's not something you're going to see. It's not that flashy tech that everyone's writing about. And I think that's what's so hard for retail executives is it's, it is something that's really hard to know it when you see it. It's not always probable. But if you're actually, your Omnichannel roadmap is right, yeah. my takeaway or lessons from this is actually you're always going to be feeling that way if you're doing it the right way. And so that's an important thing to think about. So you don't kind of start chasing that bright, shiny penny, so to speak. Yeah. All right, man, well, let's get you out of here on this. Let's have some, let's have a little fun. Uh, let's play our signature game here, which is how millennial are you? So first question for you, Vinod, uh, over the last, uh, let's say over, over, let's say over the last week, how many items uh, or how many, not items, but how many times have you used a mobile app to, uh, say, order food? Man, all the time. Somebody, really? asked, somebody asked me, would you rather lose a wallet or my phone? Oh, yeah, 100%. A physical wallet. I would say any day, I don't want to lose my phone. Yeah. This, this, is my, this is my life now, right? I mean, it's a digital wallet. It's everything. It's your social media. So um, I, I, I'm a big, you know use the phone junkie for everything and anything. Um, so my household orders something on the phone, whether it's food or um, from samsclub.com, from walmart.com every other day. So we are big users of, of um, um, you know, Apple Pay, uh, you name it. This, this phone's life. Pretty regular for you. Pretty regular. Okay, now let's, okay. I kind of had a feeling you'd say that. Let's take, let's take it to another level. Let's say you're in a grocery store. You're waiting in line to pay. Maybe, uh, but let's assume so. You're waiting in line to play. Depends where you go, I would imagine. Um, are you paying with a credit card? Are you using like Apple Pay, you know, Samsung? Like, what are you doing? How are you paying for that transaction? Cash? If, if it's if it's scan and go, it's all in my it's all in my digital wallet. So, are you scanning go in it? Yeah, I'm, I'm scanning go. Right? right. If I it's a non it. if it's not a Sam's Club, then obviously I do Apple Pay. Right? So at Sam's Club, you're scanning and going. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, really. Yeah. And why? Because why? I, we've never had anyone on the show talk about that. Why? It's it's easy. I don't have to have, it's frictionless, right? So you don't have to have 
many if if you've already have your credit card as part of your wallet, it's 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 one step less that you don't have to pull a credit card. Um, you don't have to dip your card. Um, and and if it's Apple Pay, it's you know click it a couple of times and you're out of there. So um, I, I honestly I don't remember when the last time I really other than yeah probably very if you if you travel in some of the hinterland you have to use a credit card but most places you don't have to um i don't remember actually pulling my credit card out for anything that's cool so you like that so much you do it that's great because you don't have to do it at sam's club it's optional right like so that but you are doing you are doing that that's that, ah, it's so cool to hear all right last question i'm really curious where you take this one what is your favorite social media app that you couldn't live without um Chris, I have many international friends, okay. <laughs> and 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 in in order to just be in communication with everybody, um, the best platform that we have found out is WhatsApp. It's WhatsApp. That's the free social media tool that works in every country for the most part. Um, and now you can do WhatsApp audio, WhatsApp video, uh, WhatsApp chat. Um, so we, I'm a heavy consumer of WhatsApp. That is the second time we've heard a text application, right? So as, and it's, as and it's a social free, media answer. It's free internationally. They don't have to use it for phone calls. It's, you know, you just, you got it. You're on the internet. You're, you know, it works well for me. How do you, th- off that question, like, how do you think about text and the evolution of commerce? Like, where where's your head around that subject as we go forward? I think co- commerce will continue to evolve. Um, you know, we, we are seeing um, with the millennials and even Gen Z now, as we start seeing the TikToks and, um, you know, I think there will be more in-app shopping um, type of opportunities. Um, and we are engaged in that process as well. Um, uh, I think the world is shifting and it's very dynamic, Chris. And, um, you know, we just want to have um, be out there, have a look out in the horizon as new emerging technologies are happening in, 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 in what we see there and bring those quickly, bring those conveniences to our members and, you know, let them, um, you know, engage with us um, in, in the best way that they can. Uh, so I think commerce will evolve, uh, our channels will evolve, um, and will evolve with the changing technology and the I would say the the aspirations and the experiences um, that our members um, want from us. Yeah, that's great. I mean, when I hear CTOs, and I've heard it now a couple of times, say, you know, text messaging is the most important social app they can't live without, especially from someone who said he can't live without his phone, which was you. Like, I think that is a really interesting answer when you start thinking about the evolution of commerce and what text platforms uh, what role text platforms will play into it. So, but hey, you know, that was great. I love that discussion. As I always do, every time I sit down with any of you guys from Sam's Club, I just love to learn how you guys are thinking about everything. If people found the conversation interesting like I did, what's the best way for them to get in touch with you, to learn more about Sam's Club? Where should they go? The easiest way, Chris, is um, samsclub.com. Um, if you get there, I think you'll you have a you know uh, abundant, uh, fantastic information. Uh, you could also download our app. You could go to uh, the app store, um, and I would say you know download the Scan and Go app. Um, use Scan and Go. Try it out. Yeah. Download the Sam, Sam's Club app. Um, I think there's, there's an abundant amount of information there. So that those would be the easiest and the quickest quickest way to find more information. 
Fantastic. Fantastic. Well, Vanilla, thank you so much. Thank you for joining me today. Uh, great conversation. For everyone listening, again, the Chief Technology Officer for Sam's Club, Vinod Bitterkulpa. To everyone listening, I say it every time, we're almost out of this thing, hopefully. Fingers crossed. Be careful out there. Thank you, Chris. Thank you for having me here today.